When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're filled with love. Let it surround me. Surround me. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Silver Curtain and Steelers Touch Down Under. My name's Mark. I'm your host today. There is no Maddie Peveril or... He might have a new name that I just found out off air. Uh, there's no, there's no, there's no Matty rule today. Uh, I'm your host, which is kind of scary, but it's kind of fun. And uh, Jeff, oh, I've got my uh, guest host here, Jeff. How's it going, Jeff, mate? What's going on? Going good, man. Going good. Great to be here. It's been a while. It's been quite a while since I've been on the show. Yeah, big time. And before we get into the, you know, the theme of the show, uh, which is did the Pittsburgh Steelers score back-to-back franchise quarterbacks? Um, I'm sorry, listeners, but we have to catch up. So, uh, pretty much, what what were your thoughts about Week One? You know, the Bengals game. No, no, I'm only we, week One. I'm only, I'm only joking. And how do you think you know, like Kenny, Kenny didn't have a good week that year? That week, that wasn't a good week for Kenny Pickett. I'm only joking. Um, no, nah, we're not going to catch up the whole year, but it has been it has been a very long time, hasn't it? How long do you think it's been? About a year or so, I think. Oh. It's been it's been since the off season, yeah. It's been at least yeah, from before the season. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, so I was thinking about like you know themes and stuff to talk about today. Of course, that we've been eliminated from the playoffs, which sucks. And you know what makes it worse? I don't know about you, Jeff, but hearing that Dolphins aren't starting their quarterback, you know, Lamar Jackson's out. All these like fresh guys are going in. I feel like, do you think the Steelers had a chance this year in the playoffs if they were to play? Maybe the Bills or another team to, you know, win a playoff game. I just feel like it, it, it hurts because I know the Dolphins are going to get crushed. And I would like, rather see us get crushed if that was if that was the case. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm with you there. I think the Steel, I don't think the Steelers are beating the uh, Buffalo Bills. But yeah, like, yeah, we were, we were so close. You know, other teams were like faltering at the end, uh, but things just didn't line up for us as we were rolling. Like, so close, man. One game, like, and especially that Baltimore game hurts me where we had so many chances to win that game and couldn't kick a field goal. Mitch Trubisky throwing interceptions. Yeah, that was field goal oh, range. Man. That was <laughs> that was a heartbreaker. Like, I'm watching that game going, okay, we're moving the ball down the field. We're doing really well. Then Trubisky did it three times in a row. And I know Kenny Pickett did it three times as well in another game. I'm not comparing those two, but it's still like that was a game that they had to win. But Jennifer says here, Mark, 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 in the live chat, Jeffrey predicted only three wins next year. Are you kidding? What is this? I was, uh, that was during the Scobro show. I got to catch close to the end of the Scobro show. And uh, I always love catching shows when I can. And uh, they were asking for predictions for the season. Everyone's given like 10, 11 wins. 
I saw, and Dave was like, nobody's predicting them to be under 500. So I put like three, so I just threw in three and 14 real quick uh, and threw it out there just to troll everybody. But, but no, that's my, my, I can't do it. Wow. Uh, That is not my actual opinion, but no, that was just me messing with Dave. That's like uh, Texan worthy, isn't it? Really? Three and 14. Like that's, uh, (laughs) that's quite the feat. Um, But but, last last coach to be that bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers was Chuck Knoll. Right. Okay. The, the worst season the Steelers ever had. Nineteen, his first year. What was it? One See, win, one in thirteen. I never really go back and, and watch those. I watch highlights, but I never really watch any full games um, for that era, right? But I do respect and 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 you know know what happened with the history and the you know the four Super Bowls and the six behind me is fantastic, right? You know, any anytime anyone says anything to him, I'm like, oh, I've got six. Do you have six? No, you don't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But they'd be like, well, you know, this team's going really bad this year. But today, guys, and I'm really curious more about this slang that is found out off air uh, than I am the actual question now. So the question is, did the Pittsburgh Steelers score back-to-back franchise quarterbacks? And before we get into that, what is this? What, what, do, you, what do you call in Kenny Pickett? What's his new name? It's, it's not new. It's, he's Kenny Pickett. you got to put an <laughs> F on the end. It's, it's Western Pennsylvania. He's, he's earned that enough. I mean, after what he did for Pitt... And now he's the Steelers quarterback. It's Kenny Pickett. So you got to put the S on the end. A little show of uh, Western PA respect there. Uh, I Actually, I was telling you, from the moment he was drafted, my wife started calling him Kenny Pickett. And Kenny I would correct Pickett. her. be like, his name's Kenny Pickett. She's like, no, this is like Pittsburgh. He's getting an S put on at the end of his name. You're adding that on. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's Kenny Pickett around here. I think Pittsburgh dad even did like a skit about it. He called him Kenny Pickett. But, uh, yeah. Right. So you'll so, hear a lot of times he's called Kenny Pickett's in Western PA. So, so like I said in, in, in the off air, and I wish we started the show earlier, but there was quite a <laughs> quite a bit of swearing. No, there wasn't. Um what what did you call my name? Like Mark Davis Mark Davison's. Yeah. You mean yeah. you know, Mark like Davidson's or, or Marky D's? You like you just be like, hey, is that Mark Davidson's coming over? <laughs> that's, that's how you say it. Well, that's just how you say your mean, name. That means there's more than one of me. That means there's, there's, there's a couple of uh, Mark Davidsons coming over. Like, like the it's twins. like the it's like the 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 royal we, but you're saying it for someone oh, okay. else. It's kind of I guess I guess you could treat it that way if you want. Okay, and what do you do with George Pickens then? How do you how do you solve that mystery? He he was born with it, man. <laughs> he was born with it. You've seen him play. He was born with it. But he can't have a Pickens. Can he? It's just Pickens, no, right? No, yeah. Like it's, okay. it's Cameron Hayward's, uh, Troy Paul. So, it's so strange. Even though like our slang is strange to everyone, to hear like yep. that kind of slang in America is very, very strange to me. Uh, Connor Hayward's. What else you got there? <laughs> Mincer Fitzgerald. DJ Watts. DJ Watts. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's just if you don't have an S on the end, we just add it. This is it's good. And you bring him around at dinner, and you, you cook him what potato? What do you guys have over there? Potato and burgers. You know, oh, pierogies, man. Yeah, pierogies. Uh, pierogies, down. some sausages. Mm-hmm. Taking down for an Iron City beer. Ying, yingling. Is it yingling? Yinga? Yingling's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Iron. Oh, you kind of call it an iron here. It's like you have to say it right to you. It's like you cut out all the transitions between sounds and just slur them together. You get an iron. It just sounds like Australia. It sounds like iron. It's just, yeah. It sounds like mini Australia. Like we've just been cut off from the world. The rest of America doesn't want you. You know, go and make all that steel. Go and do all the hard yards. You know, ship it to us and and and, and just yeah. But like I said that's the hardworking mentality of uh, maybe that's why people speak fast like that. Because I know in Australia we speak really fast. 
Oh but. yeah, like like you cut out any unnecessary syllables. And I, I I agree with you. I think it's because when the steel mills were here, you didn't want to breathe. <laughs> you wanted to breathe as few times as possible. Yeah, and no, and then like, oh, those steel mill guys, they're just they're just chumps. They're nothing. You know, I, oh, I, yeah. I saw, I've seen those pictures, and we will get into the show, but this is kind of funny. <laughs> I saw those pictures, right, of like you know when they're building the Empire State Building, and they're just walking along, holding their lunch. I can't do that in a normal footpath, let alone on a, on a, a, a thousand you know foot uh. Uh, thousand story building. They oh, had some yeah. guts back then. They had some real oh, guts. Absolutely. Like I can't even imagine doing that. Like in today's yeah. without a harness or anything like that. Oh you, yeah, you had none of the safety stuff. Oh my goodness. Here it is. Uh, Ruit Randy says O equals R, like in Pittsburgh, and down equals downtown town. Downtown. Yeah, it's, it's it's very similar to like what Australia what we do with our words. You guys want to go downtown? Downtown that. <laughs> downtown in that. <laughs> All right. Let's talk some Kenny Pickett's. Kenny Pickett's is this. Kenny Pickett's. I, See, I, got I, it. it rolls, I, doesn't it? It sounds <laughs> nice. It's nice to say. Good old okay, Kenny what, Pickett's. What's a good what's a good nickname you think for Kenny Pickett in, in maybe I've heard KP8. I've heard um uh Kenny Effin Pickett from Mike Tomlin. You know, we <laughs> yeah. saw that one. That's great. I love that. What do you think? Kenny what Effin. do you think is a, is a nickname that's gonna stick with Kenny Pickett? I was gonna call him Kenny Pickett's. Kenny Pickett's. Oh, like it doesn't. I don't think he needs one. I don't think he needs one. Like, like big Ben had Big Ben, but yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Kenny needs one. And oh, he hasn't like, quite he hasn't quite earned it yet either. And that's what we're going to talk about too, right? So we're talking right. about the, the possible chance of, of a franchise quarterback. Uh, before we do that, what were your thoughts on Mike Tomlin saying there's no need for that label being franchise? I I agree with it because you're asking him. Like, a franchise quarterback is something you talk about afterwards, right? Ben was a franchise quarterback. Why? Because he won Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. To say Kenny Pickett is a franchise quarterback means you're projecting, right, for the future. You're saying he's going to be the guy to do this stuff. <clears throat> we don't know that yet. He's the starter. He's the best quarterback we've got. And he shows potential to be a really good one. But he has, he's not a franchise quarterback yet. That's something you have to – that takes years, man. you got to be that guy. Like, no, but no, honestly, like, let's say he has two really good seasons and then like some, like he, he breaks his leg in half or goes, goes and communes with Tibetan monks and decides, let's, okay, let's say oh, he goes Lord. to Tibet, talks to some monks and decides to change his life and, and go, go meditate on a mountain and never play football again. Right. Would he be, would he that. be a, would he be a franchise quarterback? Even if he had like two, three really good years. No, no. you're not like you. <clears throat> You know he needs he needs more than than he needs to do more than half a season. I better change the uh, title of my show then, if uh, if he's if he's not the franchise. But no, I, no, I just was thinking the other day, right after this draft, if it does turn into Kenny Pickett being the guy for the next five years, how mm-hmm. do the Pittsburgh Steelers get back to back chances like that with Big Ben? And now, yeah. you know, te- teams from- struggle. So many teams struggle. Falcons, Saints, they can't find a guy now. Yeah. You know, uh, the Browns have been looking. That 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 jersey's getting longer and longer and longer. How yeah. do the Pittsburgh Steelers do that? Like, that, that's what boggles my mind. They all say we're in trouble. But in the reality of all things, if Kenny turns out to be a good quarterback for the next five years, I, I think it's a great thing. You know, I mean, how does no, that happen? I want, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine, like, say 2005. 
uh, Ben doesn't make that tackle, right? And the guy runs back. Steelers are out of the playoffs. They don't win the Super Bowl in 2005. 2006, he gets in that motorcycle accident. 2007, mm-hmm. imagine they trade Ben Roethlisberger away and are like, he's not the guy. We're going to sign, bring in a veteran, right? We're going to bring in a superstar veteran, pay all this money, make massive draft capital investment in a quarterback. And then that guy got gets outplayed by like, a Ravens rookie like Joe Flacco, right? Oh, imagine the season. Go back up. and do that. Can't talk about him, right? No, no. But imagine oh. that because the Browns just did that. Like, obviously, Baker Mayfield is not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not. But they they had a guy, right, that they thought was the guy, and then they got rid of him. They bring in Deshaun Watson at incredible expense, and he gets mm. outpaid by Kenny Pickett in the season finale. I, I, I'm sorry, I had to go there because because that's that I love it because it's like the Steelers have a guy who's played half a season that they that cost him the 20th pick in the in the NFL draft. They traded the 13th pick, like the 107th. They got two more first round picks for this guy. They gave him the highest, the largest guaranteed contract in NFL history. And he's significantly older than Kenny Pickett. And Kenny just and he's bad. He's bad. He's bad quarterback. <laughs> he's not good. I don't, and I honestly, I honestly, I, I said, I don't think he's going to work out in Cleveland because Cleveland has to be about the hardest place to play football professionally, like mentally to get around that. It's, it's such a, the fan base is bizarre, really fanatical, but also really toxic. Like mm-hmm. you, you're going to have like insanity there all the time. And there's such a, an easy transition to, well, this season sucks or well, we're losing this game. Like, it's always sitting there. Off, they don't have that culture of winning. And you're the quarterback in that, right? And Deshaun Watson, especially with his legal problems, with all that stuff, a year off, not playing well, everyone making fun of him. Like, that's a hard situation to try and do better in. Couldn't happen to a better uh, quarterback or team. I, I just think it's hilarious. And the Steelers look like you look at that, and they look so much better off than the Browns with Kenny well, Pickett right now. That's what I'm saying. Like we we yeah. did we score back to back franchise quarterbacks. That that could be a thing. Now going back to the Browns for one moment. What were your thoughts? Obviously they have to play Watson, but I always thought that Brissett was playing much better. And even though he had a, he had a three and seven record, but I thought he had to gave them the best chance to win. You yeah. know what I mean? Isn't that isn't that funny how that kind of works and the 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 the, the politics of things and the money of all of all nature that yeah they had to to, to play him and, and Brissett said oh, I would love to see Brissett in Pittsburgh if he, if he could be a backup. But he was like, oh, it was my time. I'm done. The back of my mind, I'm like, I'm playing better football than this guy. Yeah. You know, I, I reckon they stuffed up their season completely by, by well, they had to play Watson because they put so much money into him. That's Yeah, you football. can't not play him. He already yeah. made the mistake. <laughs> yeah. He's already sunk. And it's not like you can do anything. Like, if you let him go, if you trade him away or cut him or something, if he just continues to be bad, like, <clears throat> like you, you still pay him. You still pay him. Like, Seems like one, of my favorite, one of my favorite numbers is this. The, the Browns paid Baker Mayfield more money this season than the Steelers spent on their quarterbacks, period. Wow. Not even, don't even count Deshaun Watson. Don't count Jacoby Brissett. The guy who didn't play for them cost them more money than the Steelers' entire quarterback room. And they spent their 20th pick oh. along with all those other picks – they paid a higher draft pick this year and more money this year. Like, like it's insane to me 
all the stuff they did to try and be like this, we have this window right now and we're going to make the most of it. Hey, it worked out. It's it isn't working out. It's crazy because a lot of not, not not a lot of Steel fans, a small percentage of Steel fans saying that this year was a you know wasn't successful. We didn't win the Super Bowl, you know, standard standard, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's like look around the league at all the other teams that are falling and, and actually just can't climb the ladder. You know, look mm-hmm. at the Texans who are really in ever since like almost you know JJ Watt left there, and they used to be in the playoffs here and there, and they they won't get there for another five years. It feels like you know. Falcons always shoot themselves in the foot. The Brownies always shoot themselves in the foot. And here we are sitting today with Kenny Pickett going to next year with a bit of a still, you know, rebuild, retooling year again, more draft picks. Our offensive line, I want to hear you. What are your thoughts on the offensive line uh, last year? They, they played every single snap. I was reading one of the articles from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com uh, and I think they missed like, what, three snaps? Like, how is this not a bad thing for our season? 47 total snaps and 40... Six of those, most the vast majority of those, no, it's, yeah, like some 40 some of those were uh Mason Cole, and he had like he has nagging injuries all year and he only missed 40, awesome. like okay. 40 some snaps. Right. And then Chooks Okorafor <laughs> missed like one, and James Daniel, Dan Moore, and Kevin Dotson never left the field. Like it's incredible. I they they've never had anything like that on Pittsburgh. As far you can go bark as far as snaps have been tracked. The Steelers have never had an offensive line play together this much in a season, ever. As far and it's like it's hard to go anywhere in the NFL and find a team that's had an offensive line do that. Uh, and they really grew; they mm-hmm. really learned to play well. And I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Pat Meyer. Uh, he they they talk about it in the preseason. They talked about it. his approach was different than Adrian Clem. Adrian Clem was about repetition, guys. We got to get this repetition out. You've got to get ready for the season for week one, right? Pat Meyer was not that way. Pat Meyer kept stopping drills to fix guys' technique. Little details. Get it right. Like, we're going to go stop. Let me explain to you what you're doing wrong. Let me show you how to do it right. And then let's do this drill again and do it right. And if they didn't do it right then, he'd stop them again and show them. Like, it's not just do the drill until you get it right. He would make sure their Mm -hmm. form was correct, right? So they didn't have the reps. They didn't have the repetitions going into the start of the season, but they were being corrected. But the problems they had with their technique was being corrected. And so I thought, I think I'm a big fan of Pat Meyer because he was willing and the team was willing to take that approach that said, you know what, these guys aren't going to be ready for the start of the season. They're not going to be, but we're going to get them in the best position to succeed when they are ready, right? We're going to fix the technique. And I think that's a key I think the offensive line improvement was the biggest part. They uh, Someone asked Kenny Pickett about that, and he went off. He was just going off about the offensive line and how much better they were and how how their improvements really fueled the entire offense. And that's that's the case. And I, I think a lot of credit has to go to Pat Meyer. And you got to look forward to next season. You have to with that offensive line. I mean, we're well, probably you can't. not going to You're choosing they're going to win three games. You're not looking forward to it. You're looking forward to 2025. <laughs> oh. Man, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna kill me on that one. You're gonna kill nah, me on that one. I'm only joking. Okay, oh. what about uh, what about? So the offensive line intrigues me, right? All year I, I was thinking, you know, they got to go and sign someone. They got to go and draft someone. What's going to happen? You think next year with the offensive line? Have they built a, a good enough foundation where these starting five can start next year, and they, whoever they draft, they can be they can work behind them, or do you see someone being replaced in that line? 
Okay, I've, I always say the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers approach team building by do we have someone serviceable at the position? Before they hit the draft, they are going to have a penciled in starter at every position, whether it's a good starter or not, whether it's the right. guy you want or not, you're going to have someone who can start. And that way, if you're sitting there saying, man, our number one want in this ta- in this draft is a left tackle. And it just doesn't go that your way, right? None of the left tackles you get, you're sitting there looking at guys going, that's a bit of, you know what? No, no, we're going to take this other guy who's a better player uh, instead of this guy who would be more of a reach just because of the position. They always have that ready. Dan Moore is a starting left tackle. Kevin Dotson is your starting left guard. Obviously, I think the right side of the line and center is fine. You could upgrade center if someone fell in your lap. But you draft a first-round offensive lineman. I always say, what's the what's the percentage? What's the odds that they're going to be a significant upgrade? Because it's a first-round draft pick, man. That's got to be a significant upgrade on your team. Mm-hmm. That has to be someone who's a significant improvement. What's the odds that a rookie first-round left tackle is going to be an improvement on Dan Moore? Not the greatest. There's a right. lot of first-round left tackles that take two years to get into this league. The Steelers, I think, are in a position where they don't have to address the offensive line. But if there is an opportunity, if there's a veteran left tackle who's really good, fits the scheme you want, and you're like, dude, we can get this guy for a reasonable value, you go grab him. If a draft pick falls in your lap, you're like, yeah, we're taking that guy, and he can fit left guard, left tackle somewhere. We got room he can play, but we're not – you don't have to. You're not sitting here saying we have to draft somebody to start next season. And I I, I think you can live with that. I, you can live with the offensive line they have right now. And uh, even even Dan Moore Jr., who is the worst offensive lineman we have right now, uh, which is still a significant improvement over some of the guys they had the year before, uh, he he reminds me of Marcus Gilbert. If you remember early Marcus Gilbert before uh, before Mike Munchak came, right before he really got his stuff together. At that point, he's like a four year veteran. Dan Moore reminds me of Marcus Gilbert, and I, I wonder if they think he's he's got room to improve. And if they show signs that he is learning, he is adapting, he could stick around and be a starter for a long time. Are we calling the uh, offensive line the picket fence? Is that a nickname you you want to get down with, or is that too? <laughs> yeah, I've, that's not mine. I heard that. I heard that somewhere on the yeah. internet. That's not, not bad at all. That's uh, not bad. I think they have to get better at pass protection to be called that, though. They're the more of a is, run blocking line. The thing is, though, picket fences are really easy to break. Right, you know, you just step through it. And you, you, it's easily to just you put your foot th- straight through it. I've run, I've run through many of them. Uh, that and other things too. When I was a kid, and when I say kid, about twenty-one. Um, like, have you? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Do, do we? Do we? Do we name them that? I don't know if it's, if it's a better name than that. But so you're saying to me now that 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 although they're going three and fourteen, that the starting five next year will be the same. <laughs> I, I would say I would say you can go into next season with that group, right? Uh, I I think you address it. I think I think like a mid round, like a uh, a Dan Moore or a Kevin Dotson style of pick, where it's a mid round pick, where you can sit there and say, hey, if the job like you get to compete for this job, you're either going to be a swing tackle, a backup guard, something like that, or if you win the job, it's yours and you can take it. You can take it over. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fine situation. I don't. I don't think the Steelers are in a position where they have to go out and and get somebody to start. You know what's funny, Jeff? If you were to say to someone in Australia, "I'm a swing tackle," 
down the pub, the local pub, they would think something completely different. They would be like, what are you doing? What is your job? I'm a swing tackle. You know, <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have any idea what's going on. Uh, no, I like that answer. I, I feel I feel pretty confident in the O line because I thought at the start, right? They they, they did progress, didn't they? From the from the oh, yeah. from before the bye, two and six, Trubisky running around crazy, getting you know uh, chased down, and the running game just improved. But there's the hot uh, the hot ticket in the room too. What are your thoughts about this Matt Canada situation? If he should be you know should be fired or not be fired? I know it's 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 taken Steel Nation by storm. Me personally, I was leading the charge like at the start of the year. Like I was yelling fire Canada all the way from Australia. I was, uh, you know, <laughs> I was probably the, the 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 lead guy with the drums and and you know getting the F I R E, you know, every, all all mm-hmm. that business, right? Because this was was very frustrating to watch. But seeing the transition, I'm not saying fire the guy or not. I just want to see this team score more points, right? And I feel like you know what the averages I saw last year. In 2020, Matt Canada had 20 points uh, for the season. Sorry, 2021, and then and then last year, 2022, they had well, they had now uh, 18. Right, so they're not scoring points for me, and I just want to see this team go out there and score points. However, they run the ball really well, mm-hmm. really well. So, what are your thoughts about the situation? Everybody wants to know, right? They just want to know because <laughs> you know if we are going three and 14, uh, CEO Jeff here from behind the curtain, what's going to happen? All right. Um, to start with, I want to say Mike Canada is not a good offensive coordinator. I want to say that from the start, right? I want to be clear on that. I also want to be clear that there's a lot of offensive coordinators in the NFL who are not good, that are Matt Canada level. Matt Canada is not like this standout, he's the worst offense coordinator in the NFL. There's a lot of bad offensive coordinators in the NFL. You look at the Browns offense. That's Kevin Stefanski. He was hired as – he's an offensive genius. You look at the Browns offense and how it fell off. People want him fired for that offense. He's a head coach, right, that, that calls that offense, right? There's a lot of not good offensive coordinators in the NFL. I want to start with that. Matt Canada's offense in college, in the pros, everywhere, has worked when you can run inside. When you can run up the middle, it works. Second half of the season, what were they doing? Running five, six yards up the middle. All of a sudden, the offense looks better. To address the scoring side, they actually did score more points. Not total for the game, but if you go by per possession stats, Steelers were the 11th team Uh, in the NFL in the second half of the season. And in a lot of metrics, they're top 10, top five. They were number one in time of possession, number three in plays per drive, number two in the number of drives that ended in either a field goal being kicked or a touchdown scored. They were number two in the NFL for percentage of drives of that. So the offense was working. A big part of it was they slowed the game down to save the defense. Uh, I've said this before. They cut – Kamer Hayward played fewer snaps per game in the second half of the season than he did in the first, and they cut the number of snaps. He was not on the field by 57%, right? They they cut it in half and left to less than half. That's why the defense was better in the second half is because Cam Hayward, Jake TJ Watt, they were out there more often. There you go, Joby, those guys. So they slowed the offense down to save the defense. They were still scoring points. They need to get it in the end zone. Matt Canada, his run game, when you can run, when you have the, the personnel to run up the middle, which the Steelers had by the end of the season, that offensive line got it together, his entire offense works much, much better. Is he a good offensive coordinator? No. But 
you have a Kenny Pickett, Pickett who's not Pickett. who's not the most polished quarterback. We can talk about this. He's a playmaker. Uh, he reminds me he has a lot of traits similar to a Ben Roethlisberger when he's when he was young, in in between the ears, right? Not not physical. Ben Roethlisberger was a physical freak. Kenny Pickett is not, uh, but a lot of the same kind of processing style. Ben Roethlisberger benefited a lot from a team that ran very heavily and asked him to not, he didn't have to be the guy to throw all the time. His first couple of seasons. I think the Steelers are going to keep Matt Canada because Kenny Pickett likes him. Matt Canada's run game worked this season. And when Mm -hmm. Matt Canada's run game works, Kenny Pickett gets time to develop and isn't asked to be bigger than he can handle, right? It gives him time to become that quarterback. We saw it with like Josh Allen. His first couple of seasons, he really struggled being that guy. Then eventually he is that guy, right? But he wasn't at the start. Kenny Pickett, I think they're trying to go that direction with him. And I think you're going to see Matt Canada come back. I think you're going to see this offense follow along with that, follow this this profile, follow this run-heavy offense, and, and and give Kenny Pickett time to develop. That's what I think the Matt Canada situation is. Uh, and I think they'll replace him when Kenny Pickett is ready to take on that role of being the main focus of the offense. Uh, Jeff, if you only talk for another another minute longer, I could have segued into it, segued into a halftime break. Now I've got to carry. <laughs> now I've got to carry on for the next thirty seconds talking about my Pittsburgh Steelers and how Jeff is absolutely dead set wrong about his three and fourteen Steelers, which is terrible. So go check him out on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Jeff? Uh, at Fantaskippy. P H A N A I P P Y. Write that down. Run and run to Twitter. Shout at Jeff. 3 and 14 is nonsense. But anyways, guys, we will take a quick break on Behind the Steel Curtain and Steelers Touchdown Under. Uh, Be sure to check out part two after these sponsors. And welcome back. Welcome back to Behind the Steel Curtain and Steelers Touchdown Under. What's going on, Jeff? How are you, mate? We'll start again, eh? Um, Do we start again? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I think everyone loves me. Uh, I'm having a great time today. <clears throat> oh, oh man. Matt Canada's Pittsburgh Steelers going three and fourteen. Woo! Yeah, you're just as bad as Matt Canada now, saying they're going three and fourteen. Everyone's going to oh, come up my goodness. right now. Like, you're giving us well, okay. If they were three and fourteen, what three wins would they would they get? The division ones, or what are we talking here? Uh, two against the Browns and one against the Ravens. <laughs> You know what I've always said, right? I, I, you know this—the the mathematically, I think it's still the case. I'm pretty sure it's still the case. Maybe what? Well, maybe I said this two years ago, so maybe I haven't always said it. But I think it's still the case that I think we can win our division, and yeah, it is. That's true. I think they can—they they can each win two games, and that's it. I think mm-hmm. that's right. Is that right? They lose to everyone else, right? And they yeah. win two games. Every 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 uh, division member. The Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns. Would you ever? Could you ever see that happening? Where they would win? You know, they beat one another and win two games each, and we and we would win. Uh, I don't know, fourteen and three. Well, if you go, if you go like uh, the uh, Bengals and Browns, they came pretty close a couple of times. Or I think between them, they had like five wins. Right. Uh, like and they were guaranteed too. Like between the two of them, they had to win. You know, there had to be two wins just with the Bengals and Browns beating up, and they won like five between them. Uh, so it, they've come close, but it's, I can't imagine that ever actually happening. It'd be cool to see though, if it did, be, I, I guess now with the Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow, 
there's probably no chance it's going to happen. I think the Browns are in some real turmoil, what you talked about. Ravens too, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, he won't be there next year. But we're not here to talk about the old Ravens and those guys. Look, look, it's even though I said to uh, Dave in our Slack channel, because I, I forgot to my picks and I was just, just too busy. Um, but, uh, and then he's, he's helped me out on, on, on that aspect too, right? But I said, is there a chance that we can that we can see both the Ravens and the Bengals lose in the same match? You know, is that a possibility? Who do you want out of those two those two teams to win this this first round? Like, who who do you want to see lose more? Oh, I, I <clears throat> with the Steelers not in the playoffs, I want everyone to lose. I want all the favorites to lose. <laughs> I want all the I want like I want like Seattle and Miami to win. I, I I'm like I root against all the good teams as soon as the playoffs end. I just what want them to lose. Are? Seattle versus Jags in the in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'd love like, it. That'd be the, the two, best. I'd be happy. Two teams I'd be no happy. one cared about. They all they all wrote yeah. off Geno Smith. It's it's Trevor Lawrence versus Geno Smith in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like no no Mahomes, no Josh Allen, none of that oh. stuff. Like the, I, the, I would the NFL that. would would crap their pants. The NFL front <laughs> office would be like, "What are we doing? Where are the refs? Someone throw a flag, oh. make this stop." Oh no, man. There's people in the chat saying saying they want the Steelers to score 30 points a game, right? Do you know what year the Steelers scored the 30 points the most in recent history? Since Ben Roethlisberger. Do you know what year it was? 2016. 2018. They went 8-8. 2018, they went 8-8, scored 30 points a bunch of times. Great season, right? (laughs) Like that's, That's not how you win. Like, points per game is almost irrelevant, a much better status points per possession. And the Steelers were doing well there. Like, they just that's how it works. All right, well, let's get back to the question at hand then. You know, did the Pittsburgh Steelers score back-to-back franchise quarterbacks? What does Kenny need to do in year two? What are you seeing from his personal – we'll start with his, like, his development first, and then we'll see we'll, – we'll ask the question about what the team needs to do for him as well. What do you see that he needs to try and – where does he improve in year two? For, okay, so uh, – he'll, he'll be starting quarterback for sure. Kenny Pickett's biggest strength is making plays when the structure of the play breaks down. That's his strength. When he has to scramble outside stuff, keeps his eyes downfield, finds guys open. Very a trait Ben Roethlisberger had that that was made him helped make him really good. Uh, Kenny Pickett has that. That's his strength. His weakness is operating inside of structure, right? He's not as comfortable with that. And oftentimes, if it's not perfectly clear what's going on, or the coverage isn't exactly where he wanted it to be or there's a little bit of pressure, he will bail on the structure of the play and create something outside of it. That's his weakness. So his biggest improvement comes uh, first off from there, getting better inside of the structure of the play. Secondarily, timing, repetition, and comfort with his receivers. Uh, And the biggest one to me is George Pickens. Mm -hmm. Those two never really got on the same page like they should be, right? We saw, and this is incredible to me because I'm watching the film and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing that Kenny doesn't always know where George Pickens is going to go, right? He doesn't, he, he's not throwing with anticipation to George Pickens because he's not confident he knows where that's going to be. And if you're a tenth of a second off in your placement of the ball, it's it's incomplete or an interception. So he wasn't throwing to George as much, right? George Pickens. And yet you look at them statistically, no quarterback wide receiver, rookie duo, where you have a rookie receiver and a rookie quarterback together have ever thrown 
50 passes between each other. Like no, no rookie quarterback has ever targeted a rookie wide receiver 50 or more times and had a higher quarterback rating than Kenny wow. Pickett throwing to George Pickens this season. As you go back to 1992, when they first started counting targets and then that really developed, none of them, none of them, right? This is the best. This is the highest quarterback passer rating between those two ever, right? Between a rookie quarterback and a rookie receiver. And they're not on the same page. There's so much room for them to get better. And it's going to come from Kenny Pickett learning George Pickens, but also George Pickens this offseason needs to find one of those like route guru coaches that coach your footwork and everything to get consistency on his routes. There were, I mean, Mitch Trubisky early in the season was throwing like a 12 yard out route to George Pickens and he's rounding the thing off at 15 yards. Mm. How, you can't throw that with anticipation because, because you, he threw the ball where George Pickens should have been. It hit the ground three yards in front of George Pickens feet. George Pickens should have caught that because it was a 12 yard out route that he ran at 15 yards. Right. And he curved it instead of cutting sharply. Like there's there's stuff that George Pickens needs to do better so that he is consistent and Kenny Pickett can get used to his timing. And then Kenny Pickett needs to get used to his timing. Those back shoulder throws they make, work on those, man. You could run an offense, you could design a passing offense around back shoulder throws between Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. You could do that. Like that's that's how good that is. Um, and that's where I think really you see Kenny Pickett develop is timing with his receivers. Deontay Johnson too, their timing was never perfect. Uh, and George Pickens improving. And, and that's really, that's really for me, the big thing is, is Kenny Pickett improving is getting that timing down, getting that in structure better. So you're telling me before 1992, all those stats for all those plays and the, with all the Hall of Fame guys should be, should be deleted because if they didn't, if they didn't, if they didn't like count the targets, right. What's the point? You know, I could go out to a football field for three hours and say, you know what? I caught I caught eleven passes out of how many? Hundred. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's just, it's just you can't you can't accurately do the statements back before then. Uh, so I don't. It's impossible to track before 1992. But I actually went through and looked at all like the rookie quarterback and receiver duos for be up through 1992 that where the receiver had at least like 50 targets because obviously they didn't get 50 targets. No one threw him 50 times and uh, checked them all. And they were all worse. Right. Uh, the There was one better. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews had a ridiculous, because uh, they were both rookies together. They had a ridiculous passer rating, but it was only like 35 pass attempts. So we cut them out. They're Ravens. We don't care about them anyways. Do you think that the players actually care too much about these stats? Or they're just trying to get the football down the field and complete passes? you know, just to get the offense working. Do they overly care about these stats, you think? I think they end up caring. Um, and I think they learn. I mean, they they hear it from fans. They like to collect stats. You want to get that 1,000-yard season. You want to get 10 touchdowns. Like, there's numbers you want to stand out and be like, boom, this is what I did. And people will be like, and and fan, I mean, even your friends, like, they'd be like, I know I'd do this to somebody. I'd be like, dude, you had 700 yards. Like, go sit down. Don't talk to me when you get across the 1,000. You know, like that, that kind of a thing. I think they do care a little bit, but I think they care more about making plays. And you can see that with George Pickens. You mm -hmm. see when he makes those catches that he knows are ridiculous when he gets up afterwards and how he just like will walk towards the camera for a second and just be like, yeah, I did that. Like, I, I think he feeds off that. I think those players feed off that more.
Who do you think as well? Who do you think was well? You know, I, you talked about Kenny's uh, progression as a player, as as a you know as a person in this start in the team. How does the team need to help Kenny? Who rallies around him? What kind of schemes and stuff like that do they? You know, the Matt Canada does, does do, do things open up for Matt Canada, or do we see the the exact same thing? Uh, I want to see more play action. Kenny is right. great in play action. We just don't throw the ball in play action much. Uh, I actually think this last game, like towards the end of the season, we started seeing a bit more. We started seeing a bit more stuff from Matt Canada, which annoys me to no end because last year I talked about this year we're going to see the real Matt Canada offense. And then he starts throwing in plays that are actually good towards the end of the season. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I don't want to go into another offseason being like, wait, guys, the real Matt Canada offense might be just around the corner. Maybe this time it'll be good. Like, but there was stuff like in the Browns game. they were running this this Connor Hayward after the snap, heading across like left to right uh, to block a guy on this side. Uh, Najee Harris come up the middle, and Kenny Pickett would just turn, looking like he's doing a handoff, and then like move like he's going to roll out on a play action. Well, they did that, and they handed off to Connor Hayward. They did that, they handed off to Najee Harris. They did that, it was a play action fake, and they threw to Connor Hayward. Like yeah. Connor Hayward came across, dodged the guy, whoop, and he's out in the field, and Kenny Pickett's rolling out there and throws to him. Like there's stuff like that that plays off of his run game and what he does with motion that can really help this team that I think Kenny Pickett can really flourish with. I don't know if maybe they didn't work on that stuff because they had so many rookies and young players. I don't know. But we need to see more of that. Uh, and I'd like to see Matt Canada go out Watch film, look at college passing games, look at people who pass successfully out of these kind of plays, out of these kind of formations you do, and stop having it where the minute someone goes in motion, there's a 95% chance that plays a run. And the other team plays like it. You'll see see someone go in that jet sweep motion, and the safety on the side they're running towards just comes straight up to the line of scrimmage. The other safety drops back, and they they immediately switch to single high coverage because they know there's a 90, 95% chance this plays a run. You've got to be able to attack that. If teams are going to play it like that, you've got to be able to say, yeah, you think that's coming, but now you're in single high, and we've got George Pickens going up the, up the seam in one-on-one <laughs> coverage, and that's a big play. Like, you have to be able to do that. That's why I want to see – uh, from Matt Canada this uh, this offseason to really help <clears throat> Kenny Pickett develop. So we've got breaking news. If you guys are on YouTube, check down the bottom of the screen. Uh, it's Jeff has the Steelers going 3-14 and 14 in uh, 2023. <laughs> so uh, to, to, to that narrative. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. To that, just, you're, not let, you're not letting it go, mate. To that narrative. At least, gonna, at, least, gonna, at, least, at least this show, you're not letting it go. And then I'll let it go. <laughs> Um, to that narrative, right? If they were to go three and fourteen, hypothetically, what does Kenny? Need, what does Kenny need to do wrong? Like, how can he? If Kenny get, how does Kenny get worse? Is is there is there a way Kenny gets uh, gets worse? Um, you could watch a lot of Mitchell Trubisky film. <laughs> I think Mitch could have pulled off a three and fourteen season. Um, I mean that. I mean that. In, in all seriousness, like Mitch Trubisky was not good. Um. But I honestly no. There's there's literally what would have to happen for the Steelers to go three and fourteen. You're talking about like a lot of players just not being out there playing football. A lot of people. I tell you how I'm they not do it. Why they're not out they, there? I'm just saying they're not out there. There's, 
There's one they way they can lose Girl Scout cookies. I don't know what they do, but they just aren't out there. That, I, I don't. I can't imagine that if happening. They go, if they go three and fourteen, a few weeks time, they'd have to like line up on the on the defense as the offense. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. backward. They'd have to yeah. like turn around backward and snap the ball, snap the ball straight to the the middle linebacker. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only way well, they're going to go three and fourteen. I mean, like J.C. Hassenhauer was the center. Duck, like, and, and the Steelers were winning. Devlin Hodges won three games as a Steelers yeah. starting quarterback, right? No, like, no Devlin Hodges could go three and 14 with the Steelers and probably go four. He'd probably win four games. You brought Devlin Hodges back next year to be the starting quarterback of the Steelers, they'd probably win four games at least. Like, I I don't see three and 14 athletes, even though that's the breaking news. So we have more breaking news. Devlin Dark Hodges is coming back to the Steelers. That's a rumor here on Vine. The Steel Curtain. You've heard it here first. <laughs> oh, hey, that's hey the Steelers. The Steelers tank for the number one pick. Bring back Devlin Hodges and Matt. Matt Canada brings back once Devlin Hodges for his quarterback. There we go. Matt Canada fires Kenny Pickett and says, "You know what? We work better with Duck." Yeah, okay. bring the Duck back. Oh, you know, if they bring the giant rubber duck back and put it in the river, I'm down for it. Let's do it. I, I loved how fast that happened in Steel the Nation. How they just jumped around it. Like mm-hmm. everyone went and got duck shirts. They were like, they're all about duck. No one called him by his real name. You know, it just yeah. happened so fast. And as, as fast as it did happen, he was gone so quickly. You know, oh, what yeah. I mean? it was like, see you, mate, and bye, catch ya. Like, yeah. then, then no one cares anymore. Yeah. Uh, they found out the carriage was actually a pumpkin the entire time. They're like, yeah. no, that's all. It's. That's just that you were you were drunk and there's a pumpkin in that field. There's no carriage. Uh, yeah, really, that's that's the story of Devlin Hodges. But it's that's that's the thing to me. I love those kind of stories. Like that's that's how you become a legend. You don't have to be good. Devlin Hodges is a legend in Pittsburgh. He doesn't have to be good, but he won three games as an undrafted rookie that had no business being in there. Fantastic mm-hmm. thing. Kenny Pickett, like, okay, take. Honestly, take Devlin Hodge's first three games as a starting quarterback in the NFL versus Kenny Pickett's. Who was better? I think you want to say. I was going to say, I think it was Devlin like, Hodge. He was better. You yeah. heard it here first. Mark Davidson <laughs> Devlin Hodge is a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. Well, Kenny did struggle at the start. He was throwing picks he here and there. And then yeah. Devlin, uh, Hodge was going winning games. You know, that, His first I think couple of games, the, he was terrible. The, the charge game was really fun to watch. A 24-16 game, oh. right? I think it was something like that. That was amazing. Chargers, that was so good. That was um uh was it Devin Bush with the the pick the scoop and score stuff like that. That was crazy, yeah. man. That was like really fun to watch. But um, it's kind of similar to with um was it was it Zach Banner number seventy two is eligible. Everyone oh, yeah. gets a, everyone gets around Love that, me. and then okay, he's cut, and then nothing. Else. <laughs> it's quiet. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's over. It was fun <laughs> while it lasted. Just oh, to, to close out the Devlin Hodges talk here. To this day, Devlin Hodges has as many wins on the West Coast as Ben Roethlisberger. Two. No way. Yeah. Is that is that for real? Is that is that, that how is bad? Absolutely true. Because the, the Steelers go that way to, in twenty twenty three. Ben Roethlisberger. You look at all the <clears throat> remember those games to the Raiders. We'd go to the, Ra- the Raiders were terrible. We're really good. We go to the West Coast and just stink. I remember one. Was it Terrell? Was it Terrell Pryor? Ran ninety eight mm-hmm. yards. And I yeah. was like, that's not be real. That's, that's not real. <laughs> Terrell Pryor beat us out there. Yeah, like West Coast, Ben Roethlisberger was terrible. Like he won it, two, two games in his career. You can Man. go. You can do his uh his record by like at home in Pittsburgh within the Eastern Time Zone, and then like every time zone you get away from Pittsburgh, his win percentage drops like ten to fifteen percent. Right. I wonder why that is. Why? Why do you think that yeah. would be for for? for... 
just wasn't it wasn't a traveler you know oh, didn't eat the right I don't know. Didn't eat the right breakfast when he got up in the morning. Didn't, didn't. I don't know what's what's happening there. It's the same stadium, right? Pretty much the same. Almost. His wife forgot to tell him to go win the game. I don't know. Like, yeah, he's like, like oh, he yeah. up the board, he's like, hey, you win today. And he'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, good. Or something. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm gonna win today. Then he's no over the West Coast. He's like, I don't know what to do, guys. What are we doing today? I don't know. Are we winning? I don't know. I'm I'm confused. So you're saying that uh, Devlin Dark Hodges is, is the West Coast champion. Yeah, of, of, of Steelers folklore he, and history. He's two, he was two and zero on the West Coast. Ben Roethlisberger was something like two and fourteen. Who else did he beat over that way? Was it the Cardinals? Uh no? yeah, I think so. I would have to look. Now, see, now you're. I think, me I, look think that up. I think he beat the Cardinals, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it wasn't the 49ers. They beat the Chargers and the Cardinals. Yep. Yeah. Chargers and go. Cardinals. He won two games. West of the Rocky Mountains, and Ben Roethlisberger has won two games for his entire career. Won two games west of the Rocky Mountains. Do you ever think if 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 Duck would go and meet Big Ben, he would shake his hand and be like, you know what, man, I'm I'm the real West Coast, you know, like he'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> you may have you may have two Super Bowls, but I knew how to win on the West Coast. You haven't got yeah. that. I, I think you'd have to because like in, in a lot of barbecues you go to, no matter what, who's got the status or whatnot, you always got to find something to have over someone as a little bit of a joke. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you have. Devlin Dykologist has that. But we've now talked about Devlin Dykologist for 10 minutes. That's far too long. So let's get back to... <laughs> far too long. It, it was a good time, though. It was a really fun time when he was in there. I, I think it was awesome to see. And it, Le'Veon Bell was back then those times, too, right? He was running running the rock around then, too. I think oh, he won yeah. the game. Didn't he win the, he won the game, right? I think was, Did he win the game the, versus Chargers? He ran the ball over the line. I'm pretty sure he won that game. Well, it might have been someone else. I don't know. You know about Devlin Hodges? Yeah, in that in that charge oh, no, game, that's, when after, the... that's after Bell. Oh, okay. Most, so I'm thinking another game. When... That's Benny Snell. Benny Snell was the running back. What Benny Snell, like like oh. the, the team that Devlin Hodges won with is is yeah, yeah. Must have been another game where Le'Veon Bell went to the charge and, and and jumped over the line. Might have been 2017 or something like that. I don't remember. Remember, he was wearing the pink socks and he ran the ball over the fourth and one, and we won the game in the in the last minute. I'm pretty sure. In like a wildcat. And yeah, I'm remembering that game. When would that have been? I think it was like 2016 or something like that. But I keep getting those two. I always always merge merge those two together. Um, the, the Hodges stuff yeah. and 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 um, in the wildcat. Yeah, Sam Oliver from the chat here says in the wildcat. Uh, the charge game on Monday night. Bell had like 200 yards. Yeah, that was fantastic. That 2015. Was 2015. Yeah. So no time left. Le'Veon Bell touchdown with zero seconds on the clock. Yeah. Over the line and see you later, mate. Send home the five Charger fans in the stands. Uh, all right. Let's start the last probably uh, 10 minutes. If you guys got any chat, any questions in chat, we'll try and answer them if you can just quickly. But, yeah, you're pretty optimistic about this offseason with uh, Kenny Pickett. Like, overall, what, what what's maybe a key piece they need to get in the draft or veteran veteran guy that, to help him out in this offense? On offense? Yeah. On offense, really, uh, you're looking for a number three receiver. Uh, they can either bring back Zach Gentry or you're going to have to bring in another blocking, inline blocking receiver. Pat Firemuth and Connor Hayward are both better when they can move around, be H-back type players out in the slot, move around. Zach Gentry is your inline guy. Uh, so, like, but the offense, man, I, I don't know if you know this. If you go by snap counts, do you know the the player with the most snap counts who is a free agent this season for the offense? Literally just said his name. Uh, James Daniels? You said James Daniels? No, I said Zach Gentry. 
Oh, he's at the most. He is. He has played the most. After that, oh, it's really? like, after that's like Miles Boykin. Really? Miles Boykin is next, and then it's like Benny Snell. Those are your free agents. The offense, the entire offensive line, every everyone who really matters on this offense, already signed. They're already here next year. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I did see like a lot of uh, Miles Boykin doing that quarterback sneak role where he's like. He's pretty much his his job was to to you know man the scrum. Yeah. <laughs> and like, okay, I'm gonna push my my what a, what better way if you don't like the guy? Imagine if you don't like Kenny Pickett, you're like, I get a chance to push him in the back every yeah. time we run we run a sneak. I get to you know, sneak a few punches oh, in the ribs. Punch in the ribs to drive him in there, be like, All right, I had to get you across the line. <laughs> I didn't do that, it wasn't me. Like, oh here you go. <laughs> Like I think that's hilarious. Like that that'd be that's a great mate. Yeah, how many how many times did we see him in that role? Like I, I don't know if that's a kind of a tell for the, the kind of offense, but every time I saw him in motion and it was fourth and one, I kind of knew it was gonna be a sneak because he was gonna be the help mm-hmm. to push him over. Well, now that you're allowed to do that, it's almost impossible to stop a quarterback sneak. It really mm-hmm. is. Like you've got they they're already so close. You've you've got to take the ball off the line of scrimmage and then move it like a yard and a half forward. And if yep. you've got guys that can push you, you can do that. Put Derek Watt back there. Put Zach Gent- Zach Gentry, man, could just pick him up and put him over the line. You know, like do something like that. I don't understand. Zach Banner, bring back Zach Banner. Have him in fullback, fourth and one, and just pick up guys and reach them over. I say, I say, we mix up and we we bring the WWE to the NFL. We we put in uh, Zach Gentry and 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 Fryer Muth in like a, a double set behind the, the center. And then Kenny Pickett runs with the ball. They suplex him over the line. Get five yards every time. There you go. There you go. I don't know if you're actually allowed to do that. No, I don't know. I don't know if you're allowed to run people. The player can't use the player holding the ball as a a shot put. That's you saying that that can't happen? (laughs) That'd be great, though. Line it up like a field goal. (laughs) <laughs> Only you snap to the guy, and then the guy's sitting there like doing like the cheerleader thing where they boost you up and over. Just send people airborne. Hire like a gymnast to be on your team and just launch them over the goal line. Well, surely they could get away with it with, with in one time, get away once and then get a TD. And then, then you know, the Patriots do it anyway. They get away with anything first, and then yeah. they, they, they allow them to win. And then next year, they, they cut it off. All right. Can you hear the rain, by the way? Can you hear the rain in Australia? I, I can't. That's coming down, mate. It's coming down down here in Australia. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, quarterback a, a pult. <laughs> yes, this was the most. This was the most genuine and serious uh, football commentary show I've ever been on. Oh man, you gotta have fun if you're not having fun. But I, I, <laughs> I always think like in my mind it, it goes this direction because the NFL is just so it's always the same. You know what I mean? You always see the same. You guys, yeah. The, the American football players don't lateral the ball that much. They don't really do too many things out of the order. Because the minute you do that kind of stuff, they figure it out in like two or three weeks, and then like you know the wildcat stuff's done, you know. But but I'm, it would be funny to see that if if you know, like the, the court. You're right. You are right though. The quarterback scrambles have turned into. Do you want a first down? Push that quarterback over the pile and get a first down. That that's yeah. just the way the way it happens. Now the defense on the back foot too. I think going going forward, um, you know the big fellas up front know what to do. So it was good to see Kenny's progression even go go that way too. Uh, you got any, any final thoughts on Kenny Pickett or, you know, that, that maybe the, what, what what's the next few weeks uh, holds for us Steelers? I'm very interested to see what happens with the defensive free agents. Uh, that's what I'm really looking for is, is who do we sign in-house, who do we keep? But 
Yeah, the the offense to me is is it, they're going to roll it back. They're going to Matt Canada. They've got all the starters back. They've got all the main players back. They're going to roll it back again and run it again. This is a very cheap offense. It's going to remain a cheap offense next year. Roll it back, see what happens. Fair enough. Well, I thank you guys in the live chat as well, and thank you guys for listening to Behind the Silver Curtain and Steelers Touchdown Under. Thank you, Jeff, mate, for filling in for Matty Pepper. I actually don't know where Matty Pepper is. Pepperels. <laughs> he just said, I can't do the show. I'm like, okay. I don't know what he's doing. He could be, he could be anywhere. He could be traveling overseas. He could be, um, you know, buying Doug Hodges jerseys here, there, and everywhere, right? But you heard he's, a few things on the show. He's on an exclusive track to get an, to get an interview with uh, Devlin Hodges. <laughs> I would, man. The guy's a, the guy's a champion. He's a champion, uh, champion duck caller. Like he, mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Um, we, we did learn a lot though today. We, and we, what we learned the most was was this banner. If you go to YouTube, you check it out here first. Jeff has the Steelers going three and fourteen in twenty twenty three. You heard it here first, second, and third time. Unbelievable! You really got to you got to work your way out of that one, Jeff. <laughs> I, I, I am I am amazed and know not what to say. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for checking out Behind the Saw Curtain and Steelers Touchdown Under. Ah, oh, thanks, Jeff, mate. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys later. Bye, Yeah. <laughs> oh.